Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to Footy Prime, the broadcast, a broad perspective of all things footy. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. I had a good sleep last night, which is good. I think I mentioned this on, on another pod. I, the fear of being, you know, really off kilter with your sleep patterns is that when you can return to normal, you don't return to normal. And normal is a broad term. Like, what is my normal? (laughs) Here we go. Okay, before we get any further, this is Footy Prime to Broadcast. I'm Amy Walsh. We have Rian Wilkinson here. (laughs) But yeah, 11 a.m. I feel I feel pretty good. But like, I was on the pod last night with the guys, and I was like looking at myself. Even now, I'm looking at myself. I'm just like, oh my god! Like, I look feel like I look tired. Going nonstop for months. I was thinking like, I'm seeing all these posts by journalists by um like their families it's it's the reality it's a world cup for the players but so many people around entourages the staff like everyone is just just nothing left their gas this is the end of a road right yeah it, it, it's a lot and, it, and it's nice for it to be done in a sense but it's also a little bit of I don't know a little bit of melancholy I think because you like you've been in like a little bit of a rhythm and yeah. In with the same people. It's the same thing like when you were a player and these things come to an end. And, and obviously I was never part of a team that made it to a World Cup final. But, you know, when you've been in an extended camp or uh, training, whatever it is that you've got your sights set on and then all of a sudden it's done. Yeah. It always took me by surprise that there were it's always a mixed bag of emotions, you know, mm-hmm. that you're you're pleased to have been part of it. But a little part of you wishes that it was still going on. Yeah, I don't know. No, for sure. I get that. And it is strange. I've just been so much great soccer to watch over the last month. And um, just the- it, it, 
the withdrawal. Do you think that they're that, yeah. that's the I mean, word? it was weird because there was the the finals on the same day, like amazing NWSL game um, to watch that day. So that was kind of nice, a good reminder and a good reminder to everyone that uh, this is where you can continue to support the women in their leagues and in their club teams. But it was the same day. There was great. There was really good NWSL games over the weekend. So that was mm-hmm. that was kind of. A good reminder to me that uh, it continues just good soccer to watch. Yeah, and that's an important point to make that, you know, despite the display that we've seen of talent on the field, the the parody, the great surprises, the great storylines with the individuals, but also with these teams, that it continues. So keep keep supporting these players at, mm-hmm. you know, their respective clubs and their respective leagues in any way that you can. Yeah. Um, and also people who are these little endeavors to support. I don't know if it's oh, not really going to play. I saw you on Twitter with it. I know. So cool. Kate, I can't pronounce her last name, so I won't attempt to, but Kate on, on Twitter, I'll maybe drop the link on one of our broadcast links. She took the quote of the tournament for me of Alicia Chapman saying, she fucking jumped into me, you twat. And she put it on a mug. So <laughs> I've got it right now. And uh, you can reach out to Kate if you want to get your own, but it's amazing in my coffee definitely tastes better in this month. (laughs) So that's terrific. But yeah, keep supporting leagues, keep supporting our players and and keep following these women because that's what women's sport is still lacking is, you know, the the off-season coverage that the traditional men's sport get where you get to know these players on a really kind of personal level. Um, And I I guess social media has kind of offered us that um, for better and for worse for for our, our women's players. But um, it just, they don't play every four years. They don't play, uh, you know, at the Olympics every four years. They don't just play at a World Cup every four years. They're toiling every single day. And so figure it out, like find them, track them down, and then hopefully journalists, media do the same. And then there's more of a consistent narrative throughout. Yeah, love that, Aim. I think like Canada, Dynamathson's working hard to get the league going here. So we've got um soccer in our backyard so you can support there but uh watching the u.s players specifically but all the players coming back to the nwsl and how how amazing they like it's been a rough specifically for canadians for the americans showing back up to their leagues and then seeing some great performances uh listen air had a had a really hard one her team really did not show up well, she's had a difficult one in Chicago this whole season, right? It has. It just got sold, so that would be a great story. But I think I think it was five that went past her, six on the first day um, back for her. But uh, on the flip side, I think Sanchez had a great game. And then... Um, Who doesn't feature at all for yes. Adonofsky's U.S., right? That was almost criminal. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to throw the word criminal around because we'll get to that with Spain oh. and their federation where you... like. Criminal is very apropos. It's true. It's a hard but, word to use there. I'm no, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to pretend I didn't. I will edit that out. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, but you, you see like what they missed out on when you see a performance like that with Sanchez. Well, and then Sophia Smith playing at nine, 10 seconds. She was on the field before she scored. And so her team came from a red card and a goal down to come back and win 2-1. Um, against a very strong North Carolina. So, I mean, there was a few good games that I watched over the weekend. And, was, and it was nice. As like you said, it got, I love the group stage of a tournament because just so many games on, you get right into it. And then, mm-hmm. yes, the games get more serious. It's knockout, but you have fewer games. So the buildup is a little different. It's a different rhythm as you go through. It's actually probably it's true. There's like less anticipation. 
<laughs> right? And they come at you fast and furiously. Yeah. Um, but you almost don't have time to digest them and appreciate them in the same way. Yeah. But what a tournament we we got to come back to the World Cup, just in terms of of quality and, and all the stuff I mentioned off off the top. But is there a game I'm going to put you on the spot that <laughs> that stood out for you? And it's it's hard to go back because I've been posed the same yeah. question. But like where there was a particular individual performance or a team performance, or that was just a good game. So there were even some like the the game. I'm not thought about it too too hard, but the the nil nil, the scoreless draw between France and Jamaica. Yeah, that one stands out to me. I do think of those games, the games where the unexpected occurred, the Morocco results at knockout Germany. Like, I think the best thing we've talked about it already on here, the expansion of the World Cup, but also how it came alive with the worst possible times. I think like all some of these excuses yeah. we continue to hear or have heard in the past about the women's game at why it can't and all the negatives about it. You just back it, you support it, you advertise it, you air it and people make their own decisions. And, and I think it was a success in so, so many ways. One, the expansion of the tournament. Two, the realization that it's not ideal. Those were not the best times, like especially for you getting up to, to work them on yeah. television live. I mean, as a fan, just watching it as a fan, like setting my alarm for like 2.59 a.m. So I yeah. just, yeah. just be, before you keep going with your point, do you do that with your alarm? Like you don't ever set it like bang on the hour? No. You do, yeah. I do that too. I'll do like a fifth, like a fifty-seven, yeah. or I'll do like an O five, and yeah. somehow it makes it more palatable somehow. <laughs> for me, it's it's perfect. We could get into it, but for uh, the people in our lives, I do feel for them. That's unfortunate because I know it drives a lot of people in my life wild. My my alarms, but um, works for me. And I was up for kickoff, and <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. And then then all the storylines in it, and like. Canada, I was almost going to say we're victims. They weren't like this is a tournament of reckoning for Canada. But um, I do think these early exits of some of the bigger teams, the better known teams, um, and the emergence of some of the the lesser known um, has been the greatest moment of the tournament. And watching you say names that stand out. I wasn't surprised by some of the names coming out of Haiti, for example. Like, these are names we know. You called we, it Ray, early I, on, right? With Melchie de Mornay, with Montessier. Surprises. But Jamaica surprised me. I would never have guessed that Jamaica would do what they did. And, you know, Bunny Shaw went to the same university as me. I've been watching her and her 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 journey over in, um, in England and Man City. And I, on the world stage, just this recognition that these players are there. They're not coming out of nowhere. They're coming out of nowhere for us because we haven't seen them or haven't had an opportunity to watch mm. them in their in their teams and in their development. Um, but uh, just incredible, and I'm I'm so excited for the future of the women's game. And also, I was talking about this with my mom the other day. My heart was breaking a little bit for. I think Australia and New Zealand did a great job looking at the the women that the game was built on and like the three people that used to show up for their games. Mm -hmm. And it's such an easy thing. And it's the right thing to say, like you do all this work to try and put the game on the world stage so that those that come afterwards have somewhere to play. So true. Look at the work that has been done because of that. The legacy piece, right? 
the legacy, but I do then feel, you know, my mother's generation, they were not able to play sport at all um, or just sort of like maybe field hockey. They got some opportunity. And then we were the first that really got to, to do it as a job, but like barely also had another job. You had your master's in nutrition. Like we were all doing other things as well, but just becoming. And I do I just I think of these women of our mother's generation who are watching and like can't believe what they're seeing. And there must be that thing like oh, that was denied to me. And that makes me emotional because I do think we forget. And I get frustrated sometimes with with women that are like getting a little bit distracted by some of the financial gains in it. But it's it's all this work that's put them in a position now where they can be the superstars on magazine covers and on television ads and it's beautiful thing. I just hope we never lose touch with those, those builders of the game who were denied so much and continue to do it anyway. And um, I, I've seen a few things there that have made me pretty emotional about it. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good point. And, and maybe we'll dive into Spain right now, but like you look at the captain of the Spanish team in 2015, who sort of led um a little bit of a, of a mutiny or an uprising or a protest against their coach who was emotionally abusive and, and they managed to oust him, but it's at the cost of many of these players who, who never feature for their national team again. So it, it's about a, a changing of the guard as it were and opportunities affording afforded to these women now on the world stage that they can feature for their national team player or national teams. And mm-hmm. they can also have a profitable club career where they can really, you know, make good money playing and, and toiling at a high level. And mm-hmm. then, but, you know, you mentioned the word reckoning as well there, mm-hmm. that it's a reckoning, I think, that, you know, the the juxtaposition or the paradox of, of, of being one of these top, top players in the world, mm-hmm. and yet you're still having to deal with these issues with, with federations, that these players are putting their careers on the line to mm-hmm. change it for the better for the next generation. And it's, it's still a, a common thread in the women's game. And that's where we find ourselves that it, despite the advancements in pref- professionalization in the quality on the field, mm-hmm. that these federations are still letting these players down. Yeah. This fight is only just, we've only just started scratching the surface. Like um, I'll bring it home. I think it's really easy. It's There's a lot to talk about on the world stage, but we're in Canada, right? <clears throat> there's just no real value placed on the women's game. Like you can look at those MLS teams right now. I'm sorry. I'm going to hold their feet to the fire. Like mm-hmm. what are we talking about in Montreal and Toronto that there's no even academy team yet? It's coming. I know that there's some work being done, but you're like, how – what are we waiting for? I find it, there's a reality of who runs the game. Who runs the game? And it's often, and I'll talk about Canada right now, I'm not looking at Europe, I'm not talking about the US, it's often European white men Mm -hmm. of heritage, European heritage, whatever that is. And it is almost like they miss the boat back in the homeland where they're open their eyes to the women's game and start to make some changes. And I'm not saying it's good there and we'll get into that, but it's archaic viewpoints here in Canada and we're, we're okay with it. And it's passed on. Like I'm from Montreal. So are you, this is, this is in our backyards and it's everywhere. And it's, it's so frustrating. Um, And I love that the world is, is starting to see it. Like this is not, there's issues with coaches for sure. There's big issues with federations and then there's big issues with ownership. And like, let's, 
it's uh, I just don't want to get too distracted by looking abroad and pointing abroad when we've got so much work to do at home. It's it's right here. We don't need to go far. And yeah, uh, yeah I will say that about about our province aims like sorry, Toronto, it's ridiculous. Um, like Vancouver, at least, has put money in the women's game early mm-hmm. and they're, they're already signed up to have a Project 8 team. Um, it's not far from perfect there. And then we've got CPL teams with no women's academies. Mm-hmm. Oh, Come, it's coming. We're going to do it. It's taken a former player to be like, screw this. I'm going to do it. We've got Dynamite. Everyone's sort of holding her to account. They're like, this is just a former player who got annoyed, got really annoyed. She's the smartest of all of us. She's going to give it everything she has. Um, but that's one thing that I do, I do feel really strongly about that. Like everyone who's getting pissed off about Spain and looking at some of the horrible pictures that happen on that stage. Um, that, that should happen to me. I think it's happened to you. I remember it very clearly from people in our, our worlds that took advantage of opportunities like that. So um, yeah, make sure when you're pointing the finger abroad, you're taking a look over your shoulder into your backyard. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good point because in in my work with with CF Montreal, they they finally are under the, under the umbrella. Like the 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 Rex program is coming, but it's it's so slow. So late. and M- MLSE to not be doing anything proactive for the women's game, and even and again, this isn't sort of shirking responsibility for for Canada because it's a North American league, and obviously MLS is priority, like the NWSL. I mean, they don't have any Canadian teams, but MLS does have those three Canadian franchises. Why don't they do more in terms of, you know, setting the bar in terms of equality? So if you want to have a franchise and it can't be grandfathered in, then you have to have an equality or an equity piece in terms of developing the women's game. And I know they're separate leagues, but if you have academies for boys, then you must be, it's mandated that you have academies for girls. Why don't they take more of a leadership role there? And then again, to our Canadian um, franchises like there just has to be more done say that about mls amy but like the nwsl just to get it going just to get some ownership there's no academies for those teams for the nwsl and if there are they cannot be they can't graduate onto the senior team they have to go into the draft so even we're almost like hamstring ourselves on the women's side <laughs> like by by saying like oh well we won't do the development part but if you do invest you can have this team and and that will have to change it has to change so, so you're saying at the thorns cuz they i mean you know you know the thorns yeah. very well their academy which is very good in terms it's of development good. for yeah for but i mean if you compare it across the league right not all nwsl teams do have it, academies no and now you're saying it's separate so yeah. That investment is up to ownership to spearhead that? Fully. Fully ownership's just decision. And any players that are coming through with a lot of talent, like you've got your eye on them first, but anyone can see them and they go in the draft. They cannot just go on to the play for the team. There's completely separate entities. It so, seems so obtuse. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is this is the, the some of the, like the underbelly of of the game on the women's side where who put those rules in? I can't tell you or why they put them in, but I would suggest it's to save money to say, you don't have to do this. You just have to invest in this part. And as this game has grown in the NWSL, that's sort of 10th, 11th year now. And like, every, you can see the eyes on them. They're like, they still haven't made it a rule. And how can you not s- sort of reward people that are develop- putting money into the development of the, of the women's game now? And so 
Yeah. And I, again, I'm pointing at the U.S. and saying, look at that issue. And I'm looking around and, you know, CF Montreal, thank you for slowly coming to your senses and, you know, TFC, screw you. And, uh, you yeah. know, like, honestly, I'm so over it. I just find it so. And these men and everyone's on the same bandwagon now, like, don't you have a daughter? Don't you have a wife? Like, screw that. Like, welcome to the world. Like, this is ridiculous. I know. Still have it's no like, oh it's groundbreaking you have a mother oh <laughs> do you do you and like they brings it back to the the, the tone deaf infantino talk with, yeah with the with the doors the doors are open just just tell us what to do women just push have you what seen the, the cartoon you like, talking about inequity and there's all these boards on it and people are like, <laughs> like trying to push it's like <laughs> That's it actually makes me think of the, fu- of sorry, go ahead. That's the president of FIFA who knows eyes are on him. He's got people helping him write his stuff. Like that's the biggest problem for me is like, nailed it. I got this down. That's right. Like, you know, you said nailed it. It makes me think of that Pinterest stuff where it's like, here's a, here's a cake. Here was a, here's a picture of a cake of like a, like a, not a groundhog, but like a, my God, but someone with the spikes, <laughs> my brain's not working. Yes, a porcupine is my favorite one on Pinterest. And it's like somebody trying to do it. And it's like this really horrific image or like the picture of the baby on like the rug. And like somebody tried to like recreate it at home. And the baby's like passed out on the mu- on the rug. It's like not cute at all. Like my <laughs> sisters always send me those. And I'm like, like crying with laughter every single right. time. That is exactly what Gianni Infantino's speeches are. It's, it's like just- those Pinterest photos where like somebody has clearly devised um, a speech that makes sense and he's gone rogue. And then Infantino's speech after the fact are like the person at home trying to recreate the the Pinterest photos and it just never comes off. You hope he's gone rogue and he hasn't like verbatim read what everyone's like. You would hope. You've got that. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that bugs me so much that like you're only for equality because you have daughters. Yeah. It's like yeah. so condescending like just the height of condescension and so patronizing it is it's also disrespectful for young boys and and men who are enjoying the game um like I know your children and my my brother and sister's children they've had a different just a different view of the world it's kind of interesting like they actually only really know women's soccer in my households um when I'm there because obviously they were born when I was playing but um, they went to a League One game the other day. They go to the Whitecaps games. Mm-hmm. They they love it. They enjoy it. They know all the players are soccer obsessed. They went to a League One women's game the other day, and they were like, oh, "We got to hand them the water bottles," <laughs> and we were they got to be ball boys because they needed and like that connection with the game that they didn't. It wasn't there was no like this is better, this is worse. It was a soccer game, and they were so pumped about being able to participate a little and getting to. I I love that. It wasn't all. Oh, it was just a. They they aren't told that they're going to see men play or women. They're going to a soccer game and they are yeah. equally as excited. <laughs> and they wear their Sinclair jersey or they'll they'll wear like um, a Wilkinson jersey. Pardon? Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear those. Embarrassing. I wear a Matheson jersey frequently. No, I know. I do the same. But yeah. like your, but what about your nieces and nephews? They they're not sporting Wilkinson jerseys. Why would they? What unless yeah, it's a New Zealand Wilkinson? Like Hannah. oh, that's right. Yeah, for sure. She also went to Tennessee. I'm just Hannah Wilkinson did. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. That I was just saying um, in an interview the other day that that opening goal of the tournament feels like it was years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, that that result I think when you talk about and I'm friends with like a lot of people in Norway. I lived there for a long time, so mm-hmm. it was hard. But it was so exciting for the tournament to like have these have the home nation teams sort of do some historical different historical uh, moments and opportunities, but it was really great to see. And Allie Riley, I think that moment yes. with her nails painted. Oh, I love that. And, the, and then her, her emotion. If you know Allie, she's a wonderful woman and a wonderful ambassador for the game. And uh, just seeing that, how much it meant to her was pretty, pretty special way to kick off the tournament. Yeah. She's, she's a great advocate for, for the game and a really good uh, kind of spokesperson, like just her voice out there and, and, and yeah, that, uh, that sort of symbolic representation and, and standing up for, for gay rights. And you didn't really see it throughout. I mean, I think that the, the, the tournament itself in, in the superstars and to see somebody like Sam Kerr, um, mm-hmm. a, a gay woman of color being an icon in her country mm-hmm. and celebrated as such, but like not really mentioned. So the fact that it was, um, yeah. a, a tournament where there was a lot of of moments for the LGBTQ um, community, but it, it almost flew under the radar. And I think it's good and bad that it's normalized, that it's accepted in the women's game, but mm-hmm. yet it wasn't maybe talked about as much as we expected. You have so many other talking points. Um, it's the same. The, the Olympics are really strict on um, air quote political. I got to finish. <laughs> political statements and um i i I disagree um with a lot of those policies and then you know you start saying well if you allow the policies i believe in to be advertised then you also have to allow people with very different views to publicly be able to express them if you're setting the standard Mm -hmm. and then i was like oh gosh i just want them i just just play and then you get back to like oh well that's sort of what they're doing and they're like this isn't actually a political statement it's at all it's a human right and so that's that's absolutely i think something that didn't sit right that they were being um just that small gesture of wearing a rainbow armband got banned from the tournament this is this is pretty pretty um simple i know I, I hated that and the fact that like well you're not allowed to do that but here are eight messages that you can yeah. sort of stand behind that will be on your armband right yeah no no that fifa mandated yeah you can stand behind these or you like you can this can be your soapbox but no, you can't do the I think rainbow. that's a whole other discussion, Amy. I think it's it's an amazing one and one probably need to get into because it it is like there's a human rights issue that's being uh, thrown into political statements. And that is where I think especially where we are in the world and our knowledge of, of things is it's so clear. And like, was that because of where the tournament was being held or maybe where it was being aired more on more primetime hours that there are some, some places in the world that do see it more of a political statement. <laughs> like why was that suddenly political when I think we're quite clear it's human right. Um, so yeah, no, it's an interesting uh, discussion and probably a whole other episode. I would have. Yeah, no, for sure. So if we were to dive into that, into that final, mm. what did, what did you think? I know that you were, you were, pro England. And I actually thought that England was going to be difficult to, to stop, but I yeah. thought that Spain had the potential to, to surprise. So what did, what did you think of how that played out? What I thought is I had, I learned a lesson because I think 
The tournament has to be fun. It has to be meaningful for you. And I am, my father was English and I have coached those women. And so there was no way it's like, if Canada was going into the finals, even if I thought that they might lose, I would still say Canada. Mm -hmm. I'm not at all surprised that Spain won just the way they've been playing. I did think England just couldn't find their rhythm. I don't think they'll be pleased with that. Um, I'm glad I, I went for England. I'm glad I supported mm-hmm. them in terms of like, that's, that's fun for me to have my team, but um, yeah, I'm not at all shocked. I thought whatever you think of um, the politics behind Spain and their staff and definitely their federation, I thought it was coached extremely well. They were so prepared. They knew exactly the formation that England would play, but also they were very specific where they attacked yeah, um, and how they were going to exploit that they, formation. And they did. They exposed the wingbacks from minute one. Um, like Jess Carter, I'd love to see how much she ran. She was pulled out of shape every single play as she was past the forwards and a few of them, um, just the runs in behind there. And you could see England and I think the world of Serena Wiegmann. It was honestly my goal when I went to work in England my goal was to hopefully be one of her assistants. Like it was like this long-term plan. I had to try and work and learn under her. I think Mm -hmm. she's brilliant, but I did think it was telling that she hasn't had enough time with that team that they could adjust on the field. I thought like having to wait to halftime was an interesting one because you could, you could see what was happening and you're like, you can't have your wing. It's, you don't want to lose your midfielders pressing their their fullbacks because then you open up the middle and you open up the middle to Spain. They're going to rip you apart. But yep. you can't lose your wingbacks that high. Yeah. There's a line that you you have to allow them to cross before you can put pressure wingback to fullback because of that huge space. They got so stretched because they were going that far and the other defenders couldn't go with them because the team was that stretched. It just pulled the whole team apart. Um, and I thought, oh man, this is an in-game change. And, uh, if it were a coach, um, there's lots of coaches out there that we know there's certain times in the game that they maybe have an injury that maybe happens for a tactical moment Mm -hmm. on the board. I was, it was screaming for a tactical um, injury. Um, yeah, definitely something that was lacking, but, uh, Spain was so prepared. They knew exactly what to do and who they were going to attack and they did um i thought like that lauren hemp hitting the crossbar could have absolutely changed the game but that was a one-off it wasn't like spain had those moments too so we're talking about one for england um yeah it wasn't like it was a flurry of chances they never seemed to get their their footing or that fluidity in the attack but we we saw them hampered with that issue throughout the tournament that while they sort of grew into the tournament and they were, were sort of masterful with mm-hmm. the, the slow build to the final, but yep. they, they never really seemed to be running on, on all cylinders on the attack. But I thought hemp was, was really, really good for them. Yeah. And she was a phenomenal in the semifinal. And so I thought she did that again. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an, a game where I think it was interesting because when they went a goal down, I was like, they've done this before. Yes. This, thank goodness they've had this, but they, it didn't hit. It didn't click. Like they were really jittery. I think that they came in there with that um, sort of favorite mantle and it was way too heavy for them. Um, and just such a comprehensive win by Spain. Like yeah. there's no I, injustice here. <laughs> no, I, I agree. The right team won. I mean, you, you brought up 
a, a ton of good points there that I that I want to get into. But Spain, I was most impressed with defensively how they executed and the way that they didn't give. I mean, and, and England, you know, you look at their players, but especially Kira Walsh in that midfield, but like the, the way that they press and they counterpress and they swarm the ball um, and they just sort of stifled anything in the way of an attack and, and, and link up play. Um, mm-hmm. So like the, the hemp was so impressive in that semifinal because there was such a clear partnership with she and Russo sort of bringing the best out of each other. Yeah. And then, and then tune, I mean, it didn't really influence the game, but because there, there wasn't really anything going on. And then do you think, so like the, the first goal with Carmona and then that long ball, I mean, it's Bone Matty that breaks it up in the middle of the, of the pitch. Bronze hangs onto the ball too mm-hmm. much. So obviously all of that right-hand side is, uh, is exposed, right? Um, that she vacates and then Carmona fills that. So do you think that's an error on her part? But, I mean, that space was going to be exploited regardless, don't you think, even if that wasn't an error? Yeah, absolutely. And those errors happen all the time. They just are super highlighted when the other team comes down and scores, right? Like, you know, especially wingers. Your space as a winger or a fullback gets narrowed very, very quickly. It's often the trap of the opposition. They wait for the ball to go wide, and then the team collapses wide to try and win it there and then go on the counter. Um, We talked about Lucy last pot Mm -hmm. and that is what you get from her she's she's an attacking player that will get in the box you know she she does want to be a playmaker this is it's something you have to prepare for in terms of the cover that you give behind because she's not going to sit in the back line and she's Mm -hmm. not going to balance with the opposite side so I actually think it was I I don't know why Daly came off I thought Daly was actually doing a really good job of that um, but yeah, like that, that's, that was the, the trap for Spain and they, they did it masterfully, mm-hmm. um, and they continued to do it. It wasn't like a one-off and it, there was a few players and it's hard. I don't really want to name them because it was, but they obviously had been highlight. Lucy's an obvious one. This is a player, a very good player who's going to get forward and she's going to hang on the ball. She's going to try and like take, and they, she plays with nine or 10 of them in Barcelona. They know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was absolutely exploited uh, to perfection. And on a number of occasions it was. Yeah. So you also talked about um, Vilda and like the, the way that, um, sort of tactically Spain executed. What did you think of his call um, to start Paraluelo, even though she had been so impactful off the bench and then he elects to start her for the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Final. 
Yeah, well, he she she had started earlier in the tournament, so that wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think if she hadn't, it would have been a bigger call because that that nerve for that, that kind of intense game nerves for someone so young. You don't really know how that's going to go, um, and to throw them into the final would have been hard. I think, especially for a nineteen-year-old, right? No matter how good you are, right? There seems unflappable, but you still you that is that's a big call. Um, but yeah, I think it was the right call. I also like we the counter it was Serena Viegman with you know sort of Lauren James and that call it was interesting um to sort of counter them I think it was absolutely the right call I think that speed and that pre- they they were very clear on how they were going to press and that came from up top yes up top, like straight away so those young fresh athletic legs with the the smart, such a smart player, um, I think set the tone up top and no one had a moment to rest up there. She ran all game um, and definitely I think was one of the the catalysts for that performance, because if you've got a forward that's working that hard defensively, just constantly harassing, 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 even they never let a pass go. That wasn't someone wasn't coming. They yep. weren't coming. And uh, I thought that she was brilliant. And you can really only, I think she's the best at it. So I thought that was the, absolutely the right call. Just uh, just really, really um, knocked England off their kilter. And like, yeah. I don't know, England's defending was was different. It <laughs> was different. Yeah, yeah, you're you're so right though about um, like I, I was a midfielder. So seeing that type of energy and intent um, and the relentlessness of, of a forward um, leading the line with that type of energy, like that just sort of imbues a sense of not only confidence, but energy in the rest of the team so that you're right behind there. And like, if there's a trigger and everybody's going, and everybody's going together and they were so cohesive in sort of that, that defensive, like hunting and that mentality that was, I was just so impressed with that. But to go back to, to Vigman just for a second, because you've already touched on it, but so you said, you mentioned like the inability of the team to adapt in game, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. It hadn't occurred to me. Um, but then that, so those subs at halftime, I think something had to be done, but she elects, she takes off daily and she takes off Russo. Yeah. And I think we, this tournament needed more Chloe Kelly. Like I yeah. know that Viegman's going to, going to stick with her sort of 11 and she was forced to adapt because of injuries to, to Walsh and then, or injury to Walsh and then the, the Lauren James red card. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I, I love Chloe Kelly and I think yeah. you saw her instantly make an impact, but it just wasn't enough, um, yeah. for, for England to, and then, then also a formation change. So do, that was something you thought they should have done in game. Like, is that, and is that the formation that you saw them going to? Yeah. I think it's hard to go from a back five or back three to a back four without, mm-hmm. um, some sort of stoppage in play with a tactical board. Um, and sometimes you don't have the people on the field to do that. However, I think there's step one, which is how do you keep the same structure, but adjust it. So those, those wing backs could not press that high. They should never have been continuing to do that. It wasn't working. So their whole high press strategy involved the wing backs putting pressure on the full backs. And Spain was like, fine, we're going to sit super low because we know that the wing backs are coming. And so the wing backs would have to draw them out to draw them out. So there's a huge run, right. To, to try and get there. And specifically Jess Carter, they did it too. Um, but, but daily as well, I was getting pulled all over the place. And then you had Millie bright and then you had Greenwood. You're just like, 
all of them getting pulled to one side, these huge spaces opened up. So the first thing that should have happened was once if, if they are level or behind their, their center backs, this has to be a midfielder that goes right. You have to get a midfielder going out and then the midfielder slides across. And then maybe your opposite side wing back instead of joining the back line joins the midfield. Like these are, these are, it again, takes a tactical probably stoppage if they're not used to doing that, if they haven't heard it before. So that's the first in-game change, but at halftime they had to go to a back four, which is for me, the right call. It was the personnel, like I agree, Chloe Kelly, I can see the argument for Russo coming off, even though you need a goal and you're taking off a goal scorer where, because they hadn't been playing in that formation, I thought like all giving, giving her a little bit of a moment up top, um, just to see how she was going to adapt. Um, I thought Lauren James should definitely have come on at halftime. I would have done that. I thought, I think that their um, lack of depth in the back was an issue for them. Um, I would say would you that have taken bronze off, but they just maybe didn't have somebody to fill in for. Um, I don't know if I would have taken bronze off. I thought Jess Carter was, was struggling to be honest. And then I'm like, Greenwood had a phenomenal tournament. She's someone that could play left back. And then Daly is so versatile. So taking her off was was surprising to me. I also thought she was doing well. Yeah. Um, I was surprised with that move as well. And then I think James comes on and the expectation is that she's going to change the game. But I think it was a combination of not being able to really get going, but not getting the service either. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, And then, they were playing with two sort of holding midfielders. They had to go to a one and a two because they were exploiting that space in front where, you know, Ella Toon just couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. And so to go with a, with one singular defensive and then two um, higher up, I think would have helped put pressure on those, those lower fullbacks um, and fill up some of that in between space. These are all really the thing is they're not hard, complicated changes, but I don't know what Serena's been doing. I also don't know the state of the players. Like right. is is Daly injured? I think like Jess not coming off or going to left back, where I thought like actually Axe Greenwood is a better left back, in my opinion. Jess is a great player, by the way. I think she just got like run out of her socks in the first half. But then who are you bringing on? I like Lata Wubamoy for me is a wonderful player that no one's seen in this World Cup. And she's she's a great player for Arsenal. And I was a bit surprised with that. Like, but then she hasn't played in the tournament. Right. That's where you see this is where like a lot of coaches are slated for for rotating too much. And then they're slated for not ra- rotating enough. But you you really do want players to have had minutes in the tournament so that when things happen that don't go to plan, and they do, you're able to put someone on with it and it not be part of your mindset. Like, oh, she hadn't played in this tournament. How are you going to put her on in the final? Um, yeah. So I thought there was an issue at the back. Lack of depth. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think um, uh, of the, of the awards with the, with the golden ball and uh, to, to Bon Mati? Cause I think, I think Bon Mati. So if you look at the, the, the midfield of the Spanish side yeah. and her playing a more advanced role, due to two things, due to Patri not being there and then also Puteas not being fully fit off that ACL injury that she suffers last year before yeah. the Euros. Um, yeah. So I thought, you know, she was my call for, for Golden Ball, but she had to perform well when it mattered, yeah. you know, because I thought that she'd had very, very good performances where she looked brilliant, but it was against weaker opponents. And then it maybe disappeared against 
the likes of uh, the Netherlands and, and Sweden still done well, but not maybe influence the game the way that you would expect a player who's going to win the golden ball to do. But um, I don't, I didn't really have a problem with that, but um, what did you think also of, so of that, but then also of uh, the golden glove going to, going to Mary Earps. Do you think if she doesn't make that penalty save that she still gets that? Um, no, probably not. Yeah. Um, but that is that's Sweary Mary. <laughs> Pardon? Sweary Mary, Queen of Stops. Oh boy. <laughs> Have you heard that or is that you? Yeah, no, no, that's not me. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> well <done. laughs> I mean, <laughs> the gift of the finals. It's most of the awards will go to the teams in the finals. I thought like um who's the Australian keeper? Mackenzie Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. Was definitely a shout for Musevich. Mm-hmm. Musevich for Sweden. <laughs> Did she win third? Did she win the bronze ball, like the MVP? Who won the, th- the bronze? No, I think it was Hermoso. I think silver was Illestad and uh, bronze was Hermoso, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I Honestly, like those awards to me, I thought Balmati thoroughly deserved it. Yes. I like what you said about big games and where what happens. I think it was a great test for her and she rose shining colors. I think Kira... Kira Walsh, I think, is one of the best players in the world. I think so much of her did not have a good game and was definitely targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get on the ball. What a harsh BK call, by the way. I was like, and how smart. I'm okay. This is when you say dark arts of the game, it's not always like evil, but it's it's little things you do. You could see the Spanish players talking to the ref. And even though it's going to VAR, even though it's going to VAR, they were like, look at her body movement. Look at her going to the ball. And they were explaining to the ref, like they were putting a seed it out. So as soon as she was going over to that monitor to have a look. That seed was planted. It was planted. And yeah. there is a movement there. And it's one of those like, but of course you kind of try and stop. You're not going to move out of the way of a player running through the box. Right. So that movement is forward to sort of impede a run. Um Straight away, it's going to be as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's PK and brilliant by by Spain. Um, like these are the, these are the the nuances of the game that aren't the beautiful side of it, but they got a PK out of it. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's that like, that's that subtle. It's that gamesmanship, right? Yeah. And you saw it from Lucy then who like wouldn't get out. I, I was watching the game. I'm like, she'll take a yellow. She doesn't care if she's getting a yellow here. It's just be a nuisance. Just getting this player's head and then everyone and in, her, in her, her club teammates ears as well. Right. Oh, yeah. Just stir in the pot, stir in the pot. And then knowing that when she goes in there, she's not only stirring the pot to the player that's going to be taking the kick, but that a bunch of Spanish players are going to come in and defend it and start a little ruckus, just like, isn't it just busy, 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 just start like a little bit of turmoil, mm-hmm. just slow it down, make that player wait. All these things are part of the women's game and will continue to be, uh, we don't want diving. We don't want the terrible part of the game. Like we don't want that, but this is, these are the nuances of the game that are coming because women are watching more soccer. They're playing more games They're It's, it's smart. Mm-hmm. We know psychologically, the longer that a, a, a PK taker has to wait to take that kick, the, the higher the chances they, they'll miss. Mm-hmm. That is a known fact. Um, so Lucy takes it on, just gets in her head. And the same thing by Spain. It is a known fact that if you can get in the ref's ear first, and I don't know what, I don't think they're being disrespectful. I think they're just planting seeds, planting mm-hmm. seeds. The more likely you are that you'll get the call your way when it goes to VAR. These are psychological parts of the game that the players are trained but on. But that can give you a decided advantage. Absolutely. So it's part of it. And yeah. 
Yeah, and we mentioned yesterday on the on on the on the podcast that we thought that Mary Herbs was off her line, but then I've since seen, mm-hmm. um, actually, thanks to Rhonda Brownlee on on Twitter, that it's it's the VAR shot, kind of up, like the overhead one, and her it's almost like her she's she's pushing off of that back foot, and it's she's on her toes, and like it's almost like the 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 Hertig shot where they beat. Uh, they eliminate the USA, right? And it's just over the line. So her, it's almost like her cleats are in, a, in the vertical plane sure. are just still in contact with that goal line. So it's yeah. just, it's brilliant. Yeah. And also ballsy, right? Mm-hmm. Like to to trust yourself implicitly to to just be right on that when that ball is struck. That line. And then it, it's retaken if if she's called, which is to her advantage. So there it's like one of those one of those moments where you're like, what's the advantage I get from trying to leave like perfectly on time. The worst case is that I have to retake it. And we've seen that with Australia and that retake in PK. Um, yeah. It doesn't get easier on the second, the second round. And uh, um, yeah, even when you save it and have, they have to retake it, obviously that's awful, but the, the pressure is on the taker. That's right. Um, the advantage so, lies squarely, I think, with the goalkeeper in that yeah, case. Yeah. Taking, the psychological part of the game is so interesting to me, and it, you really saw it on display in this tournament. Just like, I don't I Dark Hearts is obviously such a horrible term, and I don't mean it like like there's cheating or it's just these little nuances. I, know, I love it. I love that. It's dark yeah. arts. <laughs> it's like Chloe Kelly. She came in to have a, have a huge impact, but part of it was just like, she give a shit. Like she's mm-hmm. going to tackle you. She's going to leave like a little bit of like, just knock you a little bit again. It's not dirty, but it's definitely yep. irritate you. Um, she and gets right in people's kitchens, which is part of the reason I love her. She didn't care. And she changed the, the momentum of the game at that time. I was like, well, I think they might get one here because mm-hmm. they were, the game got really ugly for a second, just as in like, it wasn't those tiki taka passes. England was just going to old school smash and bash and um, they're good at it. They're better tiki-taka at it. Tiki taka versus smash and bash. Yeah. And as a Canadian, I really, That's really the way I played. Smash bash. <laughs> the way we both played. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the only thing I understand. Yeah. No, um, Chloe Kelly doesn't give a fuck. She just, how about Cara really coming there. on here and saying she had to stay for a hundred touches. If I made my nephews and nieces wait for me to get a hundred touches, <laughs> we'd have to move into the park. <laughs> That's right. Couldn't like, do it in my prime. We're gonna camp out, you guys. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be living here for a while. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Caroline. Get the hell out of here, Caroline. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made my kids wait ten minutes. So poor them. Yeah, I'm gonna fact check myself. So I looked up. So the golden ball went to Etana Bonmati. And then Hermoso got the silver ball. And then it was Sweden's Amanda Illestead won the bronze ball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You were wrong. So, I mean, I think that, I think they, I get that, they get that right there. I agree. I think it's I, hard to argue that. No, I've got no arguments to those. And I do think Mary Earps with that save. Um, and because she's in the finals, she's always going to get that, which, I mean, she's the best 11 goalkeeper as well. She's well, well earned. Her story yes. is incredible, by the way, if people don't know Mary Earps' story, like didn't make Olympic team, was definitely backup or third, fourth keeper coming for the England um, to to finding this opportunity under Serena Wiegmann and grabbing it, uh, grabbing it, not only grabbing it, running with it. And uh, she's been brilliant. What a spokeswoman again for the game and very, very vocal right from the start. Like, where are the goalkeeper jerseys? Yes. And did you see, by the way, I saw this on 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 the Twitter machine, I refuse to I refuse to call it the other name. Um, that her her mom and dad are interviewed, 
And this guy's like, um, Mary Earps is, has spoken about, you know, the Nike and the, the lack of availability for, for goalkeeper jerseys to be sold to the public. Um, and here you are with two game, game-worn jerseys. Like, how did you get your hands on these? And her parent, like her mom, who looks exactly, or her daughter looks exactly like her mom. Her mom can, like, can barely like contain herself. Like she's smiling and she's looking away and, and the dad's talking. And the next question is like, um, what do you think of, of Mackenzie Arnold and her performance in, a, in this World Cup? She's been unbelievable, don't you think? And the dad's like, I think that Mary Earps is a, the classier of the goalkeepers. And then you see the, the reporters like, wait a minute, are you related to Mary Earps? And they're like, we're her parents. It was, I loved it. It was, it was oh, adorable. Okay. I haven't seen that. I, I want to see it. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're terrific. No, I, I, they think this has been a, a wonderful um, promotion for the game and we've talked about it i hope everything just leaps from here and spain the way that they've played and all the drama around them the ability to to be present to show up and play so well to 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 actually do what they do well and not let the let all the noise the busyness everything from outside seep into them on the field because they could have easily Mm um was wonderful to see those women are so thoroughly deserving of it and like the Olga like the, the captain that goal and then the story that comes out afterwards yeah, about her dad like, dying I know um but even then like that message on her shirt that was for her friend's mom that had died and like just so much happening in that young woman's life um and yeah, I think she's had to bear a lot of the brunt of the extras because she's the captain and then not only that, I think it's really easy, like fans often say, believe the players, believe the players, but it's only if the players say what you want them to say. And then she comes out and sort of backs the coach or whatever she says. And then everyone's like, you are, you, you know, you're bought by the coach. Like then she's got this other storyline. Then you find out her dad has died. And you're like, this, this woman's ride has been incomprehensible and so, so hard. And what a beautiful goal two goals in the, you know, the semifinals. And I think like, she's someone who is an unknown who suddenly won't, her name won't, I say never be forgotten, but I only know her as Olga. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And, but then that, I think like, obviously tragedy, like finding out her dad has died right after that. She's the hero in, in, in the world cup final, but then that juxtaposition or like is, seeing Hermoso grabbed by Luis Rubiales and like his disgusting, deplorable behavior. And again, it brings us back and I, I don't want to end on, on this, but FIFA has to get involved, right? They have to, but like now that the fact that we're, we're depending on FIFA to intervene when we've already talked about the ridiculousness with, with Infantino and, and the messaging coming from them, but, but there has, and again, to come back to this word, there has to be a reckoning for this type well, of behavior. Well, there'll be a reckoning for all that's happened with uh, Vilda as well. Like there's, there has to be, right? Like there's got to be something that happens there. I can, not that I defended him, but I defend us not knowing. Yep. I'll do that. And for, it's a good point, Rian. It absolutely so, is. You know what's happened. I think you hold absolutely to account. I'm not saying you're suddenly like, this is the best coach ever at all. I'm not saying, I'm just saying hold a middle ground here until we have more mm-hmm. information. But what I saw on that stage, that's everyone saw. And it's completely inappropriate. Um, 
it's definitely got to be dealt with. Like you can, you can say, oh, it's cultural. I don't, I don't care. And this is also what we talked about at the beginning of this. Like the game is run by old European dudes who are like, oh, this is what we do in Spain. Screw that. Like that's not a chance that you can be grabbing someone like that and taking, stealing a moment. It's not about you. Step back, sir. Um, like, ugh, so gross. And I think that it it has there has to be something that happens from it. it it's just so deplorable. Yep. And 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 then the news coming out after that, um, Hermoso said immediately, and there's some sort of Instagram or social media live that she's like, I did not like that. Which like clearly, who would like no that? Um, but then statement from her allegedly saying oh it was you know uh, he was overwhelmed by the moment and everybody was emotions were running high and I didn't have an issue with it but that was pumped out by the federation and then also the federation wanted her to pose and or be in a video with Vilda and be in a video with Ruby Alice where he quote-unquote apologized but he didn't he he used one of these disgusting apologies where it's not really an apology. He's apologizing to somebody if they're offended by his actions, which is the, which is an unapology. (laughs) I love, and this is again, standards, right? So Lauren James, this young woman makes a stupid decision and leaves a sort of like foot in. Right. And we're all like, this is like terrible. Like all these England fans going off and you're like, Oh, heat of the moment things happen. She's red carded and suspended for, for that. And then you're like, well, oh, heat of the moment. He, he felt he had to grab her face and kiss her. Like, heat of the moment. It's just, abs- just, just Why? repugnant, repugnant behavior. It's, yeah, like these are, these are big, big, um, big moments now that, that people need to take action um, because we've talked about it all tournament and whether rightly or wrongly during the tournament, the things that became storylines again, just like we need information. We don't need information on that. We saw it with our own eyes. It's very clear. There needs to be action. And and it's definitely front, front and center leaving the tournament with this wonderful Spanish team and the performance that will live long in the memory. Cause I did think it was a beautiful tournament by them. Um, Yeah. And that's what I hate about this. I mean, not only that it's again, to bring that back, back that word, that is the criminal behavior there by ruby alice well think um, of it on the street if if some guy came up to you and just grabbed you and kissed you like whether you knew them a little bit or, I mean, or not at all. As, as women how many times has that happened to you in in your life right where somebody yeah. just yeah takes it upon themselves a, a a man that they are owed an interaction with you a touch touching kissing um, like we're from Quebec. Like I do think there's this double kiss situation in Quebec that you, it can get a little too, fr- like there's things mm-hmm. that we've experienced. Yep. To- that coming across, like it's happened right. to me so many times with people that um, think that they know you better or they want to like prove something and they go from one cheek to the other and then accident accidentally um, come across your mouth. Like, of, oh, I didn't mean to. Or the, the fuck neck. you didn't mean to. You knew yeah. exactly what or you were doing. Your face. Like these are things that happen with women. And both of us have other stories we can get into. We're not going to. We're talking about just the minute things that happen often with women that we just are like, ugh. And then we're like, the, those those stories that you're like, oh my God, don't go near him. Like there's, it happens all the time, men. Like this is something that's real. Like women are well aware of the guys you don't, get stuck with in one yep. room or who are known for taking advantage of moments. And uh, 
Yeah, yeah. men trying to stake their claim on on women because they feel they're owed something. Not just women. He staked his claim on that was his team and that was his victory. That's what for me and yeah. on such a famous, well known player. Like there was calculation behind his like spur of the moment that I just. Ugh, ugh. I know it's gross, and like I think like the, the the biggest point there is that we have to talk about it because that's unacceptable. But now the narrative shifts. We're not talking about this great team and their performance. We're we're talking about these, again, these, these white men. It's, oh, anyway, Um, I wanted to end with, uh, unless you wanted to say something else. that? (laughs) I just loved Spain in that final. I just thought it was a masterclass. Um, And even there was this tiki taka in the, in the, the, with the back left, like they had pressure mm-hmm. from England and they were just like little, like two, three yard passes out. So of calm, so composed. One nothing up. It's not like they were, it's not like they had a few goals in the day. Just, the, just that's how they play the game. It's what they believe in. Um, and they never, there was a little moment in the second half, like maybe a 15 minute spell where they sort of definitely got a little bit rattled, but then mm-hmm. back to it, I thought. Yep men this is where the game's going I'm so excited <laughs> yeah and I think you could see that as well with the with their journey like that that game where they got dismantled by Japan mm. could have been a turning point yeah. for the negative but they use it and it galvanized the squad and even I think it was Bon Mati was talking about it she said it took us a couple days to get in the right headspace again yeah you yeah. know because like that that was humbling I think but it set them on course to what a lesson to win. Yeah. When people get really dramatic about ties and losses in the group stage. Like look back to so many of the champions that we've had on the men and women's side. And it's taken a humbling. It's taken a moment where there's been a reckoning and you either rise to it or you fall from it. And that's, that's what Spain did. Like they, they did, they were completely outclassed and outmatched in that, in that Japanese game um, in areas of the field. And it needed that. It needed that for them to close, to close up, to come together, to, to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, they never kind of lost a beat after that. Yeah. So, so impressive. So I just wanted your take on uh, where have I, where have I put it? Here we go. So the guardian, what's that? look at your sweater. Oh my God. How old is that? This Canada? I got it. I think it was put out by Adidas right before Qatar. Oh, <laughs> you've <laughs> gone through your shelves and found something. From the, like, it does. It, it's a it's a throwback. It yeah. looks like it's from like pre my era with the national team, which is long enough ago now. That we don't we won't get into. But anyway, um, so the eleven of the tournament, like the best eleven by the Guardian, has uh, Musevich as the keeper. Then from left to right at the back, it's got Carmona. We've, we've already talked about how brilliant she was. Greenwood, Illestead, and Carter, which you might take issue with. The midfield three is Bon Mati, Jill Ruard. And Katrina Gorey, who was brilliant for mm. Australia. Mm. And the front three is uh, Hemp, uh, Miyazawa, and Paraluello. I think it's hard to argue with that 11. I mean, is there anybody there that stands out that you think, not maybe less uh, undeserving, but like a name <laughs> that you think deserves a shout more than the ones that I mentioned? I, no, I, and even... I do think I I don't quite agree with Carter, um, but uh, she also she I mean, she put in a huge shift and mm-hmm. and with Leah Williamson getting injured before the tournament, she like stepped into a role and did brilliantly. Um, same with Greenwood. I I mean so oh, much was so, so much great. For her. Um, you think Batier maybe instead of Carter? I think Ona. Yeah, mm-hmm. was 
a good shout. I'm not thinking, I, I think Katrina Gorey had a phenomenal tournament as well, but I don't, I wouldn't have had her in the top 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but not because she was anything but brilliant. I just, I felt like the, there were some Japanese midfielders that I maybe would have considered. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many, making a best 11 would be impossible. No, There's so no. many amazing performances. I think, I mean, you could make the case for Aslani. I think she had a tremendous had a tournament where she's always been a phenomenal player. I think she's at like 160, 170 caps. And I've been like, I don't think I've ever seen her so, so confident, so dominant. I thought she was, she was, yeah. There's a certain swagger about her game now, which I really admire. She's just confident. She's bulletproof. Like she can, she just is like, yeah. And then even, even in press conferences, the way she talks and she'll, she'll give credit to opposition while also being like, yeah, deserve mm-hmm. I, I thought she was great. Even she, did you hear her post uh, when they eliminated the U S Yeah, and the, uh, well, first of all, the audacity um, of the U S media to ask the Swedish players in after their victory about the U S players. Yeah. And she's like, don't, don't shit talk the American players and everything yeah. that they've done. And I, I really respected I mean, that. How confident you have to be to be like, she'll, she'll speak up for opposition or she'll say what needs to be said. So well-spoken in this moment of victory and, and um, personal success. I thought mm-hmm. she had a really good tournament. Yeah. I think also I like you look at there and there's so many like vine, uh, there's six Ford Ford. What's their six. You always talked about her. Sorry that she's got a double Cooney cross. Couldn't cross like, these players, Queen Cross made their structure work. She was the metronome, like the way that she Yes. T- I mean, I think there were so many shouts for She's for- 20. She's 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. She just, Vine just signed a new contract in Australia, which, which is great for their league. They've been a development league for a long time, or they mm-hmm. fit in between, uh, but between seasons for other leagues. And they've extended it now and seeing players want to play at home. Um but that's not, I not, don't mean that to be, to say that Katrina Gorey hadn't have a phenomenal tournament. She did. I think that best 11 deserved an Australian in there. Um, but then how do you I fit it in? That's the wrong Aussie. You think that's the wrong Matilda? I don't know. Yeah, no, listen, I, 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 I agree with you. It's, it's a good shout. What about Mary Fowler? Do you think she did enough to get in there? No, but uh, she also had a great tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was best 11, but uh, she, what a, what a incredible, um, young player. I think it's so exciting, all these young players. And they're not just brilliant players. And I do think sometimes we demand more from women's players, and that's also irritating. Like, um, But she is. She speaks, speaks very well, and she represents so many other things. That's hard. It's hard to say, like, oh, I'm not just a Matilda, but I represent the Pacific Islanders, and I also represent sort of all these other things. And that's it's a heavy burden, or it can yeah. be, and she sort of handles it really well. Yeah. Like, can we, as women athletes, can we just be one dimensional? And can that be enough? <laughs> no. Can you just be like a fucking great player and that's it? No. no. The no. expectations are always greater. They are. And I do think like our fan base, which are the best of women's fan base is, is incredible. And there's also often marginalized communities that find a home and a community in the fan base. And I love that. It's a welcoming place. Um, it's an accepting place and we just have to keep remembering that because sometimes our players or people in the game are still growing. I think we can't lose our humanity here where people feel so strongly about some of, of, um, 
some of the issues that the women's soccer, but also women's sports stands up for. They feel so strongly about it that there's no leniency. There's no, there's no grace given to, to some of these players have had different experiences and they need to be given time to, to sort of get more, more worldly experience. Um, I just make sure that our game continues to be open and accepting. And sometimes those viewpoints are, are not what we want them to be, but they, they might be in the future. We just have to give these, they're very young, our players and not everyone has had the same life um, experience. So just that shout and that reminder to our fan base that one of the things that makes women's soccer the very, very best is the connection between our players and our fan base that that always that isn't always instantaneous. Let's remember from both sides um, that humanity and grace that's needed. Um, yeah. So well said, Re. Let's end it there. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. Bubotv.com. <laughs> I have to give a shout to the sponsors uh, for all your Prem stuff, your national teams, Serie A, La Liga, and also Tony Bet. Um, we didn't give you any leads on any bets in this episode but that's okay you can still go there but thanks for listening to another episode of the broadcast what's that re just yelled a number maybe that'll help that's right seven 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 (laughs) place your bets (laughs) hey guys (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to the broadcast keep broadening your horizons bye follow us on twitter at footy underscore prime and on instagram at footy prime ig friend. We could have talked for days, I feel like. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.